Hey people, it's your host, Ashley, and you're listening to Parents Are People. Welcome to the show if you are a first-time listener, and welcome back if you're returning for another episode. As always, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for tuning in. This week's episode, let's get into it. This week's episode, we have Aaron coming in to talk to us about his honest and raw perspective. On this show, we've talked a lot about blending families and co-parenting, how to make it work, things to try, some of the challenges that can come when you are unable to make things work with your co-parent. He's coming to give us his perspective on what can happen when you try to blend families and it doesn't go the way that you thought it would. And that's real. That happens in life and that happens to people. So I really appreciate him coming to give us this perspective. I think his message is also to kind of tell people, slow down, think a little bit before you jump into things because children are involved in a lot of these things and they are impacted by these things and it matters. So thank you guys for tuning in and I hope that you enjoy and, of course, learn something from it. Share it with a friend, a loved one. And as always, happy listening. Hey, Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Good afternoon. How are you, Ashley? I'm great. I am great. And I'm happy to have you here today. Can you tell us a little bit about you? Obviously, I'm from the South. I wasn't raised in Brooklyn. You can tell by my accent. I'm a, I don't even want to call it middle-aged, probably slightly over middle-aged gentleman, married gentleman with a a child now. Grew up in the South and that's pretty much it, I guess. You crack me up. Obviously, you can tell I'm from the South. (laughs) You can tell I'm from the South. I can't get around that. (laughs) Okay. So, Aaron, you're coming on today to talk to us about your experience with blending families yeah you know i'm a big fan of your podcast i kind of got involved in listening to it as a result of i obviously have a child now in a new relationship and parenting and parenting classes and parenting advice anything that i can receive whether it be written or from a podcast, obviously your credentials speak for themselves. You do this for a living. I've really enjoyed listening to some of the similar experiences and getting advice on parenting, which I think everyone should have. And so based on that, you encouraged me to come on and talk about my somewhat unconventional experience through life. So I agreed to do it. I appreciate you saying that. And I'm glad that you feel that this is a safe space where you can come and share your experience because I want us to have different perspectives on here. Parents are people, right? People all have very different experiences. And so I'm glad that you're coming to share your unique perspective on, well, your life. So tell me about how you came to have a blended family. I had gotten married really, really young like at 19, 20 years old, I had been in the military, the National Guard, and had worked around in government and just had a real brief, quick marriage with a girl I knew from high school. Didn't last long, maybe a couple years. So at the age of maybe like 23, I guess, 22 or 23, we got divorced 
and I wasn't living in my hometown. And so I found myself single, divorced, young. This was in the mid nineties. And my first ex-wife was pretty much the only family member I had in that town where I lived and worked. So it was a real challenge back then. I kind of remember a pivotal moment. I was working two or three jobs. And when it was obvious that I was getting divorced and I was working some manual labor on the side, the supervisor's like, what are you going to do now? And I'm like, well, I guess I'll move home. And I don't know what else to do. He's like, no, you're not. You can stay around here. You can work. You can make it. And I did. It was a very fun time. I worked in a line of work where we met a lot of people and I kind of lived a fast paced life, to say the least. From the time I was 23 up into the time, 26, 27, dated a lot. That's an understatement. And when I say dating, I'm just kind of owning my part of it. I didn't really remain in a lot of committed relationships. I maintained several relationships throughout the course of just being young. And of course, I worked in a line of work where I worked shift work. It was late nights. I worked all the holidays. Around maybe 27, 28 years old, I'd kind of gotten tired of dating around, going from relationship to relationship and I met someone through work who's my age and it kind of started out as somewhat of a friendship because I was dating a lot and in the streets so to speak just being honest and kind of owning my part of it and she had at the time I think they were probably one and a half years old almost maybe two years old she had twin boys and she had a three, four-year-old daughter. The children all had the same father. He had never had any contact with the twins. And it had minimal contact with the little girl. So I kind of caught myself in a situation where I was trying to, you know, kind of help her out, stop by, be a friend bring food, bring toys. I mean, all the challenges, obviously, that she was having as a single mother with no support. The father had, when I say completely abandoned them, he had completely abandoned them. There was kind of a fork in the road where I, I needed to make a decision. And at some point, the friendship turned more into, it was a relationship, and I had to make a decision. I'll be honest with you. And I, I don't know if anyone can kind of identify with this, but you know, you kind of, when you get to that age, you have this yearning because all of your counterparts or most people, they're starting to settle down, they're in marriages and you kind of have a, I don't want to call it biological, but kind of a yearning to be stable, even though I had been married prior at that point. It just, and I mean, obviously I cared about her and was in love with her. Man, I desperately loved the children. And something had happened with my living situation, money, whatever. And I was going to have to move and get somewhere else. And she said, no, you're not. You're going to come here with us. They had just gotten a place to live. And I was helping her out financially. 
where I could. And I was trying to, I mean, the kids were so small showing up when I could, trying to spend time with them, bring gifts, bring whatever I could to try to be there. And I had to make a decision. I was 28 years old. Was I going to carry on like I was going or was I going to make a commitment? So I made the decision to cut loose everything that I had going on with any other female and move in with them. I made the decision that we were going to do that. And then at that point. Do that? Uh, do what? What do you mean when you say that? I wasn't going to necessarily just shack up with someone and her three kids that I had been around. It was kind of awkward. So I made the decision if I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to do it right and get married. And then also, I mean, and obviously the father had literally nothing to do with the children, never saw them. In my mind, and as kind of cocky as I was at that time, I made the decision, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it all the way. I'm going to be in control. I'm going to get married and then adopt the three children. So you met someone, you were in the streets, but you met someone who you felt like, okay, I'm at this point where I need to make a decision if I want to be committed to this person. And... She already had three children, three young children. Correct. So what prompted your decision to, to say, I'm going to legally adopt them? That being stepfather was, you want, was it like you wanted to be more than a stepfather? Yeah, I was kind of the opinion that I can handle anything and that I wanted to be in control. I made that decision and it was literally overnight. I thought to myself, if I was going to do this, I'm going to be in complete control. I was going to not ever deal with the things I'd seen with other individuals where there's this drama back and forth. He's getting kids on holidays. There's a parent coming by saying, I need to see my kids. I wasn't going to do that. So as soon as we got married, we, I filed the paperwork and we terminated any rights, did the proper legal paperwork to actually advertise it. And the individual never responded. And so I'd say maybe within months of getting married, I adopted all three of them, all three kids. I mean, they changed the birth certificates. My name's on it. It's kind of an interesting process to, to go through. And some things I never really considered is I, obviously I was 28 years old. I had never had a lot of responsibility. I was in a career that required a lot of responsibility that I was, in my opinion, pretty successful at, but I had never, I mean, back then, if it didn't come out of a paper sack, I didn't need it. I wasn't the kind of person who was a homebody and I was kind of fast paced. And so we purchased a home, I adopted the kids, we were married. I just want to say that I think what happened to me and what I've seen other people fall into is, I mean, even if you're madly in love, things fall through. At the time, her family, she had some family around that had kind of been around while we were dating and they had obviously encouraged this and promised like a lot of support. Like, we'll be here for you guys. We're going to be here. 
Don't be overwhelmed. We'll be here to help out because with three kids, there's childcare issues. There's who's picking up who. We got married December and in January or actually New Year's Eve of the following year, her family, her close family announced that they were selling their house and moving. So there was no family support at that point to kind of help out because everyone can identify, like I said, with all the stress, with childcare. I mean, she worked, but we were blue collar type people. We weren't making a ton of money. And then kind of there I was. I can remember literally almost, even almost the night of the, you're living this crazy life and then you wake up and there's three children and someone else that needs cereal. They need diapers changed or whatever. And, you know, then it kind of hits you and kind of fast forwarding a little bit, not even too much long after that, some pretty serious health issues that caused her to not be able to work. And there I was trying to make it. Now, she was very responsible. She was a mother that obviously handled most of everything, but I'm not really sure that in my mind, thinking I was Superman, had really fully considered, never really considered that, and really none of my friends, you know, none of my family, everybody just kind of went what I was saying. Nobody pulled me to the side and said, you do realize that you, <laughs> you know, you're not really, you're a good cat. I mean, you're a good guy. You work hard, everybody likes you, but like, you've never really had any sort of parental, like parental type of, you know, some people really, really want to be parents and that's their whole life. I wanted to be a parent. I wanted to do the best I could, but I mean, they also knew that I was kind of very ambitious still very out there and it was a lot of pressure so we made the best of it did what we could kind so of push like, through so because th this was a drastic shift from you going from being single on your own you said not too much not too settled down at all to at all. boom i'm married with three kids literally overnight like literally at all like nobody pulled me aside to say look this is a permanent thing there was a lot of people who they're kind of gassing you up and telling you, you know, it takes a hell of a man to raise someone else's child. Did your God's own child to step in and do this? And they kept saying things like that, like, oh, you're so admirable. And I don't see how you do it. And I don't, but nobody really said, listen, are you sure you're ready? Are you sure that you're in a place in your life where this is something that that you're emotionally, of course, at the time prior to the health situation, financially ready to do this. You just, I wasn't thinking that way. I just was very cocky, extremely cocky, to say the least, and just pretty much thought I can handle anything. I was putting forth a 110% effort for them to have the best life, the best everything. And they did have a good life. I mean, we weren't living in squalor by any stretch of the imagination. But I felt like everything would be okay. The children, the small children, they, from the time they were born, because they were so young, and even the older child, they never knew, had no idea. 
because they were so young that, that they were adopted. We made a decision, I think at the time, I don't, I can't remember if I talked to anybody who was educated or whatever, but, you know, we made the decision that we weren't going to tell them or even stress the fact that they were adopted. I mean, it seemed like a good idea. And because I love them all so much, you know, I wanted to, it to all be me. And so we went with that. And in my mind, I didn't want parents or people or friends in a small town ever telling them that's not your real dad. I had to be in control. I loved them too much to ever have to deal with someone else coming in to take them away or try to get visitation or any of that stuff. I nip that in the bud. So when you say that you were given like 110%, so because... Like you mentioned, at some point you had this realization of like, I may have jumped the gun on this or bit off a little bit more than I could shoot. Yeah, yeah, I did. Is it like, again, that first morning when you wake up and they're needing cereal and you're used to waking up because I work shit around noon or later than that, I kind of, I came to realization that this was serious and I was good with it. I mean, I enjoyed it, but also at the same time. I still, because of the person I was back then, I still live my life. I worked a lot, which in my mind justified because I was at times for about a year, the sole provider, even longer than that. But I also continued to, if I wanted to go somewhere or go out on my off days, I I went out. I, I did. I was with my friends a lot. I was constantly, I didn't really change much about my behavior. I didn't just overnight become this engaged parenting type person. I mean, I was there, I handled the sports, the money, the back and forth to school and stuff like that. But also at the same time, in my mind or my behavior or anything with me, I continued to do pretty much whatever I wanted to do. And I think in my mind, looking back, Definitely wasn't, I don't know how you want to say this, the best parent or necessarily the best father. Even today, when I do with my relationship now, I mean, my marriage now with my child, I actually became an amazing father. But even as I sit here today, you still have doubts. Am I doing the right thing? And am I this good parent? I think, Ashley, a lot of back during that time, the 2000s there was kind of a shift i don't really know what really where it came from but there was kind of a movement i don't know if television or talk shows or whatever where it was the more your kids had you were a good parent there was always a lot of things on tv you're a good parent if you provide this you're if your baby had the nice pair of shoes you were a good parent And, and it also was a shift in my kid's always right and I'll fight for my child. And even if they were wrong, it was my baby. And there was just like this thing that kind of, in my mind, really changed from the way that I was raised or from the way people looked at kids, which was the parents, the boss, and the kids were kind of secondary. And 
it seemed like it shifted to where the kids became the primary, which was good. But also, I think it became, if you again, if you could afford the toys, the Disney trip, if your baby always had whatever the latest fashion was, or if they were doing it, then you were this good parent. And then, and that made you a good parent. And it just simply didn't because I did all those things that I just described. But knowing how to be what I think and what I feel like a good father should be and what I feel like I have been and giving it 110% effort with my biological child now, it seemed like it was just different times back then. So for you at that time, and also, and you're right, like the culture of parenting and even our views on children and what they need has, it's, it's constantly shifting. I think we're getting to a good place, but you're right. There was a time and especially I think for fathers, when we talk about them being providers, it there is this idea that, or at least that was more the idea at one point of, if you're providing, if there's a roof over their head, if they have everything that they need, you're good, you're doing your job. So for you at that time, 110% looked like, you guys don't have to ask for anything, you got it, I'm covered. But you're also recognizing I was not really, I wasn't at home. Correct. Correct. That You said it just right. I definitely wasn't at home, but I justified it. Just like you said, I justified it. And I, and I guess deep in my psyche, the standard or the bar was nothing, like literally no father whatsoever. So I guess in my mind, if, I mean, again, we weren't rich, but they had every, any standard middle class thing that children had, they had it. And I don't want to I'm beating myself up or maybe I'm owning my mistakes. I did engage with sports and different things and taking them to activities. And I guess I kind of, like you pointed out, justified it in my mind that no, I am a good parent. They've got everything. I'm doing all this stuff. So you jumped in, you're doing your 110% at the time. You guys are married. What is it that you wish you knew? then of course i couldn't see into the future i never fathomed that nine and a half almost 10 years into the relationship or the marriage rather that we would get divorced at that point the kids were teenagers all of them and all of them got as it ended up all of them got private school educations everyone had the little brick house in the nice part of town and it never dawned on me that, I mean, now I know that I've taken the time to read and be an engaged father and listen to your podcast. That's not any, none of that is what the children cared about. None of that really the, me justifying my mind. Like, how can y'all complain? How can any of you guys complain? You've got everything. And I'm stressed out and I'm working two and three jobs. And I was, I was hustling. I would probably get an A plus for that part of it. But yeah, I guess maybe at times I always felt like, maybe they felt like I was more like the cool uncle as opposed to the father. As I pointed out back then, it was the material things and hitting the society's minimums of what some talk show says makes you a good parent versus being there and really spending the amount of time. And I justified all that in my mind. 
that I was still doing right until finally through a well-deserved, well-deserved. I deserved everything that ended up happening, but we got divorced. They were high school. The oldest child was maybe a junior or senior. And then, of course, the other two were coming up. And literally, after a million chances and mistakes and just not being the person that, that I should have been, Work-wise or out in the community, I look solid. I look like the greatest catch in the world. But behind the scenes, I wasn't. I was still mentally and physically out here living the fast life. I'm glad that you're pointing this out because this idea still lives on. That like, this is how you be a good father. You get out there, you grind, you work, you this and that, and you blah. And like, I remember I came across and I know you don't do social media. And so this is, <laughs> but I came across a TikTok and they were using this sound from TD Jakes of him saying like, if a man is in the house all the time, that's not a good thing. Like he's supposed to be out working. And he was like, just going on saying stuff. He's preaching about how men need to be out working and they ain't supposed to be at home. And women just need to understand the balance of whatever. And there are lots of men using this clip as they're like out on the road and they're working and they're doing all this stuff. But in the comments, because I love reading comments, there were so many men who said, my wife divorced me. My family didn't understand this about me. And now I'm single or what have you. And then there were plenty of who were like, I wish that I didn't think this way. I wish that I knew because while that stuff matters, of course, right? You can't eat love. Somebody got to pay the bills. These things still have to be done. But when it comes to building relationships, especially with children, they don't care where the money's coming from. They have no concept or even idea of these things. They remember who showed up, who was present. You might've bought the bread, but if mom fixed the sandwich, that's, you know, what <laughs> that's who they're gonna remember. And even the work on the actual like marriage and relationship, you gotta be there to do it. And even to support your partner, the other parent. I think people miss that too. If you're out hustling, hustling, working all the time, being a, whether someone's a stay at home parent or working or what have you, that's a whole job too, that you need support on. So it's like, you at work, but I need help getting the kids to bed at night. I'm saying, I'm glad you're highlighting this because I really, we need to debunk this. I don't think it, it doesn't serve the family well for one partner, whether it be the father or the mother to be overly stressing themselves out. Great analogy. Mm -hmm. What you said, I'd never heard that, you know, about, yeah, I bought the bread, mom made the sandwich, and it manifested it even to this very day, even to this very second in my relationships with them. I had a hard time. Some of it may have been just them pushing away as teenagers, stuff that even a completely married couple you know, would have went through, but one little thing, obviously I thought that she would never divorce me ever, that I could do whatever because I had done whatever and had a million one last chances that you must pay child support for children that you adopted. And it was, it was a thousand dollars a month is what it ended up being. And back during the recession with what I was making, I mean, there was the, you, you couldn't, I mean, it was crushing. And that's not one of those bills that you can tack on to the end of the note or get 30 more days. I mean, you either pay or you go to jail. And 
I never even considered that. I never even considered that. And I think tying back into what you said about mom made the sandwich during those times when they were teenagers, there were things in the paperwork where I know about grades or you get them every other weekend or the holidays or whatever, but everything to do with me was money. I mean, it was money driven even then. And I guess she made a prolific statement when I said, this just seems to be about money and da, da, da. And she's like, but it's always been that way. Like I've been the one holding it down and they only see you as you, what you can do financially. You've never really been there for them. Like you should have had constantly, but I mean, I was, I mean, thinking about it as I talked to you and I've never really talked about this. So it's kind of on the fly, but I mean, I was a decent fellow. I should have been there more. But it manifested itself. And when I say this day, even now with my relationships with them, it's financial. I got one out of three called on Father's Day this year. Two of them, I've given them money recently and didn't even get a Father's Day call. So, you know, I don't know. But that's what it ended up being. Even through the divorce, it was financially driven. The divorce itself wasn't bad. I mean, it was, it was bad on me to do the financial constraints, but I mean, I, I never was a person where I got crazy or I was evil. The hurt and the pain was soul crushing, but I had nobody to blame, but myself went so far as that. And it's not that I'm not close or haven't been close with any of the three of them. We have them. We're not estranged. It's not like I've never spoke to them, but they go through life challenges, kids do things and they make their mistakes. But even throughout all that, it's a direct correlation of, Hey, I need $500. So how does it feel for you though? So you said plenty of times, like lo loved these kids, was there, married their mom, adopted them. I wanted them to be solely mine. Had, so to have those feelings, to have been in a home, you guys are married. So you were physically around them, grew up with them. Now you guys are divorced. What did that feel like to you? Or what does it feel like now to where y'all's relationship is today? She and I, with things they go through now, even through the whole thing, it was, I want to be your friend. Like I want to co-parent. I want to do that. And she had gotten into another relationship. And I mean, we're not hostile where we couldn't speak, but even right now, she said something and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. One of them had some stuff going on financially and even worse than that. And I called, even trying to co-parent, of course, they're beyond grown now in their thirties or whatever. And I reached out to her and I was like, he's doing this, he's doing that. Can we, let's just kind of make you aware, even making her aware because they always would hub or vibe off what she said. Even when they were teenagers coming to see me as things picked up and got better for me, I was still the cool uncle or the cool best friend. Every time they come to see me, it was this over the top ball games or clothes or just whatever I could give. And she said, when I said, he's kind of gotten into X, Y, and Z or whatever, and I'm going to help him with some money, whatever. And she made this comment and this has just been within a matter of three or four weeks. She said, well, he didn't have a good role model. And Ashley, honestly, I think 
I can remember where I was. I was high 20. I, mean, I can actually remember where I was. I think that's the first time, even this late into the game, it hurt so bad. But there's honestly nothing I could say. I think honestly, and we're talking about what? 2007, 2008 to whatever we're at right now, I think that's the first time that even though it hurt, there was literally nothing I could say. I think that's the first time I owned it. I think I was always combative and justified it, and put it off. And it was always the typical marriage stuff about you're not what she's not doing or what she is doing and them. But I was literally speechless. And I was like, she's right. As old as I am now with everything that went on, they didn't have a, they didn't have a good role model. That was that cold moment, that moment of truth. And it's staggering. The pain is staggering that you're talking about from 2000, whatever, to 2023, where you've justified in your mind, you've justified it to your friends, you've justified it to the skeezers that you're running around with that hey, I'm the good guy in all this, when I, I did everything, and that was the first time. Now, was it applicable to necessarily what this young man was doing, and is that true, that I could cause him to behave that way at this point? Probably not, but I definitely had to own that I wasn't a good role model. Kind of, I guess, the cautionary tale, some people can look back and and I, I, maybe some people have mentioned it to me where, why did you adopt them? You know, that, and that was it. I was God's own child when I was adopting them. When I, when the wheels are falling off and the child sports thousand dollars a month and you're not living with them and you're incommunicado uh, and you're, you know, eating bologna, hmm. you know. It's like you chose to adopt them. You could have chosen not to. As opposed to like, if you biologically have them, then they're just yours. Right, right, right. No, and that's it. People say, well, you could have done all that. You would have been mm -hmm. just as close with them today if you had just been a step parent. But honestly, thinking about it, aside from on paper, I don't know that it would have been much different because you came into their lives when they were so young. And I know that there are men who whether or not they formally adopted those children if they were the only father the child knew and then they get a divorce judges will still say they're legally responsible correct so, yeah i could have yeah, done everything and not ended not up adopted them but you probably right. would have still ended up in the same situation just because of how young you came into their life and because technically you were their father figure for so long hundred percent, hundred percent. I just think it's like you pointed out, are you doing the right thing as a parent? Are you putting the time in? Do you have that close relationship with them? I mean, and I think all three of them at times, I mean, over the years, they've sent things of obviously you're the greatest father. I love you, but it's still just not the same. And I'm kind of backing up here. I made a decision probably not in the best state of mind. I don't know if it was the right decision. It was a time, I guess they were 16, 17 or whatever. And the money was such a pressure and, you know, they wouldn't come the weekends they were supposed to come. And it just seemed like the divorce paperwork. There was one thing in everybody's minds that counted on that 
divorce decree, it was a thousand dollars a month and a half of all expenses. When it came down to the knowing grades and talking to teachers or some of the dates and holidays you're supposed to get them, none of that counted because obviously everybody should know this when they get to a certain age, it doesn't matter what's on paper. If they don't want to come see you, they're not going to come see you and that, and you really can't make them. And it just seemed like it was straight about the money. And when it got like that, I actually told, told the younger two that they were adopted. They were 16, 17, maybe, because I just felt like they needed to know at the time it had gotten somewhat toxic, just all money-based. And the, the mother would sometimes like, you need to take care of your kids, support your kids, so to speak, and have that thousand dollars on the first. And it was like, wow. Once you get to that point, I mean, they're going to see it like it's your responsibility and they're going to treat you like you were there the day that they were born and that you conceived them. So you let them know, was it a point of frustration of wanting them to understand that you made this decision to, to be their legal father? It was selfish. I don't know if it was the right thing to do. I think I wanted something to take the pressure off for whatever shortcomings that I had going on. And and you're under so much pressure just about the money. Like if they Uh, knew that their expectations of you would change. Right. Right. And one of them cried. And where we're at in life and our relationships with them now, I don't think it's any different. Been close to each one of them in their adult life through different things. But, you know, it has at times still been basically about the money. You feel like an ATM. But even though I've reached out and tried to talk to them, but what can I say at that point? Like what I can tell them mistakes I made and try to be a friend to them. But she remarried and moved on. And obviously I did. But, you know, one of them's lived with us a couple of times with my new relationship. So my current wife has been close to them. She's closer to one or two of them, even than I am. She's just an amazing, they don't even make people like her, in my opinion, the way she's reached out. I mean, she's better to them and closer to them and reaches out more than I did. She took all that on and she, even to this day, gets on to me for not reaching out. I'm curious to know, you've been divorced twice and it sounds like both put you in a place to have to have a major reset. And then the second divorce where it hit pretty hard financially, having responsibility of three other people. How did you get to a point where you were ready to remarry and have a biological child with your wife? I was at a point financially when I was seeing her where we had disposable income and we're traveling and I was doing things, living a life that I'd never dreamed I would have compared to living paycheck to paycheck. And I'm of course in my forties and she's younger and I was still doubtful. I mean, we're trying to get pregnant when you were going to have a kid, she's young. She wanted to have a child. And it was great in the hospital, but I still say one of the scariest times of my life, and I've been through some hair raising stuff, is when it was all fun and games till we brought him home from the hospital. And then I realized, oh, this is what it's about. This is the responsibility. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. 
But your mom, I heard her podcast. She never remarried, right? My parents never married, but she did marry my sister's father. They were married. They're now divorced, but they were married before. He is present for my sister. And my mom's never been the kind of parent to try to keep fathers away. Like she never tried to keep my dad away. She definitely does her best to co-parent with her ex-husband now. And my sister gets to, her dad lives up the street. He don't live that far from them at all, actually. So. Did you feel a biological draw to your biological father when he was coming into your mom's life? Did you just feel a pull, even though your dad probably was not present like he should have been? You said my biological father? Like, do I feel Correct. a pull with him? Yeah. Like when the stepfather comes in and at the age you were, I really don't even know how close you were with your dad, but did you feel I like never, a, a pull to want to be with him or get close? No. So there are times in my life where I have wanted a relationship with my dad. We don't have a relationship due to my lack of effort. <laughs> we don't have one because he doesn't reciprocate when I've tried. So we've never had a close relationship. My mom used to try to make it a point to facilitate one, tried to make sure that we he called, that we spoke, but if he doesn't call, he don't call. There were a couple of years in my life where my mom made it a point for me to go live with my dad because, of course, my mom was in the military, and sometimes she was in a war zone or something. I can't be with her, so go stay with your dad. And that only happened like twice, not even a full year, I think, each time. And even during those times, there really wasn't any significant effort to try to bond with me. And it was just like I just kind of lived there. And I left. And whenever I'm not have not lived with him, there hasn't been any effort to call or communicate or any of those types of things. And so I know I tried in my like, when I was like 18, 19. And then I tried again, some later years in my mid 20s or so. And again, just I just don't get reciprocation. And I'm not doing I'm not chasing him. <laughs> so I just kind of let it go. And I just kind of so, so a pool, just because he's biologically connected to me, he's my father. So I've tried, but you can't, I mean, I can't get nothing from him that he don't have or isn't trying to give, I guess. He, your mom's not the kind of person, from what I heard, that it wasn't about the money, right? He didn't harbor resentment, right? Because she handled my, everything. My father was court ordered to pay my mom $25 a month in child support. That's weird. Isn't it? <laughs> and it wasn't because his step it wasn't because the stepmother was No, my stepmother's great. Yeah. So that is and I mean, like I said, I still get in trouble to this day from my current wife about you need to engage with them and, and you know that you always talk about the relationship, but you're not doing it. And then sometimes I revert back to there's just you don't understand. There's just so much pain, so much it's like you can only hurt so much. You can only take so much pain and disrespect whether it's holding the children away or whether it's the kids always calling for money and nothing else that you kind of hit a breakthrough point if there's any way that you can co-parent in a healthy relationship even if you have to make it fake it till you make it I think it would have been a lot different i will say that Forget the adoption. Forget I was a piece of dirt. I think at the point where everyone moved on and everyone was in their life situation, I think, and there were times that the mother and I joined together, but it just, at the end of the day, it just always would come back to, 
to financial what you could do with money and or, or about some money and sometimes it's money you don't have and but that kind of begs the question as we talk today now that I do give money and I do offer support to any of them that really needs anything I still probably lack in trying to sit down with them and talk back through it and try to see I kind of like you like it what's the point you know what I mean like I just don't I want to say what I don't think it's a what's the point thing I'm of the belief that as long as you got another day there's it's a good day to try and build that relationship because I do believe and I guess speaking from my own experience that children do want relationships with their fathers and I think I always tell people like they'll probably circle around and just make sure you're still there because <laughs> I definitely can understand people who get to that point of frustration of like, I feel like I've done everything I can to try to foster a relationship. So you know what, I'm just going to back up or I'm just going to stay here because like you said, you can only take so much. But I do think there are points where someone's going to try to say, you know what, Maybe I do want to call up old dad, or maybe I do want to try to foster this and they're going to reach out. But if they get met with a wall or resentment or what I got, just lack of just apathy, basically, that's when they back up again and are like, all right, well, let's just keep doing what we've been doing. I'm good. But I think those periods can come at different points. Like even now I'm rounding the corner again, you know, especially doing this podcast, talking to people about parenting hearing from people who have reconciled their relationships with maybe an estranged parent or a parent that they didn't have a good relationship with, hearing people tell those stories of how they reconciled it has made me start thinking again, maybe do I want to try this again, try to reach out because I guess maybe that is that pool that you're talking about <laughs> because he is my dad. It's like, oh, he's there. Maybe I'll try again. So the thoughts occurring. Now, what am I going to get if I do that, I have no idea and I'm not really ready for it, which is why I haven't made any moves. But but I do, I believe, and maybe it is just only based on my experience, but I do believe that like children have these cycles of coming to like, like they're going to try, they're going to want it at some point, that relationship. I guess the drive to even have this conversation, and it sounds so cheesy and so stupid when you're like, if there's anybody who's listening to this, who is getting ready to make a decision, whether it's getting into a relationship with someone with a child already, or even the adoption thing, or even in their own life, is just, you can talk yourself in and psych yourself out. You can look at life with these rose-colored glasses and talk yourself into that you're a good parent, or this is going to be storybook, or whatever and you just really gotta have a real conversation with yourself or somebody who's close to you and somebody has to sometimes say things that maybe not be popular like have you thought about just different scenarios because it's real and i guess we wish everyone would have those thoughts before they procreate or have kids with someone. I mean, it's a lot and it's a tough conversation. It's not popular. People just seem to talk about all the good and you, what you've stepped up and done. And it'd be easy. And if you'd have talked to me a year ago, five years ago, I would sit and then just met you. I would convince you that I was a knight in shining armor and I was the victim. And I'm still the victim. And it does, I'm this great person. But the reality is I'm not. And I wasn't. And it's sad when you see them go through hard times. Each of them have had successful situations or whatever, but sometimes you look back and you're like, just like she said the other day about a role model, it's like, 
would they have been better off without me? Would they have been better off if she'd have met some other cat who was not cocky and not out here in the wind, think he knows everything kind of dude? I'm a believer of everything happens for a reason. Everything happens to get us to this point. So I think it's it does no service to look back and think, oh, would they have been better off if I had not adopted them? Because at this point, there's no world that exists where that wouldn't have happened. Summarizing the advice that it sounds like you want to pass on to people is one, really think about this before you take on a ready-made family. There's maybe things in that you didn't consider. It's not all... Because you're right, it is made to sound like it's a very noble deed. It's what's expected. And I think that's also, you were saying, speaking to your mind state at the time, I was tired. I was ready for some stability in my life. Here was a woman that I was wanting to be with. And I loved her kids. That looks like what the right thing to do is, right? You marry her, you take on those kids as well, especially when there wasn't a present father. But I hear you also saying like, yes. And so while I did that with the best of intentions, there's a lot here that I didn't consider. I also didn't take the time, or you're telling people, take the time to decide if you're ready to be a parent, if you really are ready for what this all means, because it does look a little bit different to take on a ready-made family, right? You got three at once. So it looks a little bit different. So to take that into consideration, but then also it sounds like you're saying, if you're gonna do it, you gotta do it if you're going to be a parent if you're going to take on a ready-made family or what have you then you need to go all in it's more than just these superficial things it's you really need to be present in the home and blah 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 because this is a real family and it's like it never goes away you know even now i love every one of them and you know i don't want to discourage anyone for trying to be in a part of a child's life and i don't want to sit here and say don't date people with kids but it's not something to take lightly any situation where you're going to be involved in children and adoption or even a long-term step parent and you get emotionally attached to the child or you think you're going to be there is that you can make it about material things you can make it and convince yourself you're the greatest parent in the world because you're doing disney or you're doing sports and anything like that they don't care about that i can say this with all certainty not because i'm an expert because i've lived it i failed at it i'm living it again all they care about is if you in your mind know that you will commit every fiber of your being and every moment to being time, the time with them, the time that you spend with them and that you're going to be there. It's like if you build your relationship with the kids on material things, you're building your house on sand. You're setting yourself up on shaky ground because you can't look back with hindsight being 2020 and feel some type of way if the child's not there, or if you don't have a relationship, or if you're estranged, or if they only call you when they want something, you you created that situation. I think some people in general may be at a point in their life where they meet someone who has kids or a kid that, that there's not an active parent, that you get more attached to that fantasy or that child or that situation. And then maybe you don't spend the time fully addressing how do you really feel? Kids aren't 
charity cases, so to speak. Whether you find one in an orphanage or whether you pick one up from a family member, it is hands down the most emotional time committed thing you can do and money and material things and opportunities have absolutely nothing to do with it. You you made a really good point there about people getting attached to a fantasy and then not pausing to really ask themselves the right questions. And I think people can get gassed up on like ego and response and like, a, I can do this. This is the right thing to do. I mean, I can think of even points in my life where I'm so glad. I'm so glad that things did not go the way that I was trying to make them go because I just decided, oh, I'm at the phase of life where this is the level of responsibility I should be taking on. And now being older and looking back, I'm like, girl, no, like <laughs> we just pick up these like rules for ourselves at some point of like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing at this age. Right, right. So we try to make ourselves be ready for something that we're not ready for. And there's no shame in not being ready for that. Because like, as the point that you also made that was really good is children are not charity cases. They're whole people. And if you're going to have these people in your life, you do have to be ready to develop a relationship with those people. Exactly. And I think also, I think it's okay. And this is not popular to say that not everybody's cut out to be a parent and that don't make you a bad person. And I think people get in these situations. And I think if you're in a relationship and you're not interested in having kids or being a mother or a father, you need to say, I, this is not for me. Like, I love you. I do. But this is not my passion. And you have to be honest. You have to say that from the beginning. Again, I beat myself up every day. What did I or did I not cause? On the exterior, I can say, hell, I was a hell of a lot better than mm -hmm. what they had, which was nothing. But was I? Did I make it worse? Did I, even though I'm... I, did a lot, was I ready? And I wasn't. I am now. And other than that, you can't fake it till you make it. It won't work. It will not work. I can promise you that it won't work. I've seen plenty of situations where people who clearly did not want this and are now, there is a person who is dependent on them and seeing how that can turn out and the effects that it can have on that child. It's like, it's better if you just be real with yourself up front day one. If you know it's not for you, do your best to avoid that situation. <laughs> it just is. Because again, children are people, man. They're going to have whole lives and they will be impacted by the things that, that you do, period. But I do want to ask you, do you think that if you had not adopted them, you would have been able to just walk away? Like emotionally, like, do you think you would have been able to? I think we'd be in the same exact place where I'm at right now. And actually we may be in more of a better place. Maybe if I'd have been more honest with her at the beginning that, you know, I'm not ready to give up. I don't want to call it street life, but you know, it's hard to say. I guess I'm saying like, do you think it would have changed you wanting to be around them or have them in your life if you had not adopted them? No, no. It wouldn't have changed any, anything. I think I would still, like I said, want to be where I'm at with them right now. And maybe that's why I told them the truth, so to speak, when they were teenagers. Maybe that was a wrong move. I don't know. Getting kind of to some sort of point is that it should be okay. 
to decide not to date someone with kids or adopt or take on a situation like that that doesn't make you a bad person yes you're right i think it's better that than trying to convince someone because i think that's what you're talking about like don't talk yourself into it don't try to convince yourself to do this if you're not ready for that and you know it then don't do it correct because you are majorly impacting a family (laughs) yep and if you're scared of losing that person that has children or a person that wants to have children, you're going to end up in that situation anyway, at some point. It's a deep topic. All I can do is tell you that I wasn't honest with myself. I probably wasn't honest with her. I think I jumped in there and figured it would all work itself out. But life is messy in general. So it's not to say that if you don't predict every outcome, that if you do everything perfect, that you won't still that your kid won't still have something because that's life. And I, I do want to leave room for life is messy and we yeah. live and we learn. And sometimes we do, you know, unfortunately people are impacted as we are out here learning our lessons and it is a part of us all existing in this life together. But Aaron, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing your perspective with us because you're right. It is one that is not talked about much and giving us your honesty. Thank you. Yep, anytime and take care. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really hope something that you heard today clicks for you, resonates with you. And I also hope that you share this episode with a friend. If you really like what you heard, please leave a review. Check out our website, parentsarepeople.net, where we'll have the blog and any upcoming announcements. You can also find me on Instagram at parents are the letter R people. On there, you'll find some featured photos from our guests and some highlights from the episodes. You can also communicate with me on there. And lastly, you can reach me via email, parentsrpeoplenet at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.